com forward slash the process Join me this morning as we talk about the six things that God hates. Stepping out of bondage and grabbing hold of God's promise. Circumstances can't stop me, and neither will they block me. Today I feel unmovable. Nothing's impossible. To walk on water, to calm the sea. Can be free just being me To walk on water To calm the sea To speak to mountains I can be free just being me You made me great Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen I hope that you are all having a wonderful and great that I'm always the one that says today that we get to wake up and see another day is the day that we get a do-over. How many of you guys need a do-over this morning? I know I do. Um, We don't always get it right in the course of a day or a week, but God and his loving kindness and his mercy gives us a chance to get it right. He gives us the opportunity to move forward in him. So I want to thank you guys for joining me this morning, for all of those who are listening live, and for even those who may listen on demand. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join me this morning. I mean, you really don't have to. So I really want to honor you and thank you for those who are driving to work. I pray that you drive safely um, and, and on your way to get there. But as always, we want to really pray for you guys before Um, we start our broadcast today and start our lesson today or our teaching. So I really want to be able to lift up you guys and what you're going through. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I honestly thank you and praise you this morning for who you are and what you do. I don't say that lightly because you are God. You are an awesome God. You are an on-time God. And you know exactly what you're doing, when you're doing, and how you're doing it. I thank you, God, for loving us enough to allow us to have a day that has a do-over in it, that allows us to have a day where we can come to you and really just give you the honor and the praise. We can lay down every situation that we have before us, that we can lay down lay it down at your at your throne because we have accepted Christ as our personal savior we can come boldly before the throne of grace and lay our problems lay our situation right there at your feet you know we don't always get a chance to do that in some situations like with our bosses or our families but God you give us the ability to lay our situations down at your feet because we've accepted you we can come boldly before your throne So for those who are listening online, those who are called in, Father God, I don't know if they're going through family issues, financial issues, issues with um, uh, uh, their work, 
whatever it is that's troubling them, that keeps them from operating in peace. Maybe they have substance abuse right now. I don't know what it is. Of Jesus, I pray that you minister to them. I know in this nation, uh, our government is threatening, threatening a shutdown. I speak to Father God, it will not happen. We know that, that there's a, a, a dichotomy or a, 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 a dissension between those that have and those that have not. But Father God, put it on the hearts of these people that they will first of all have your heart. And if they claim to have your heart, that they will act accordingly to the way your word says that we should respond. I pray, Father God, that all that I say today will be what you want the people to hear and not what I want to say. All of that I say, draw us closer to who you are. Let what I share today remind us of who we are in light of who you are, that our Christianity, our walk with you is based on who you are and not on our neighbor, and that we should fall down recognizing that you died so that we don't have to live in the bondages of sin any longer. We are no longer held there. So I thank you, Father, and I praise you, and I thank you for every person on the line versus uh, uh, listening through calling in and those who have uh, decided to listen through um, the online method and those who will listen later. So I thank you and praise you for them, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as many of you know, we have been um, studying the uh, seven things that God hates, or is it the six things that God hates, or is it seven? And what did God mean by that? And it really is a, um, it really is just a way of, of uh, how do I say, a grammatical way of showing emphasis of the way they were writing that. It's not seven. It's not six. It's not eight. It really is to understand that there are more things, but we understand that these things give us an example that we really need to live holy, that all of these things go hand in hand with one another. For example, we studied last week the haughty eye, being prideful, being arrogant, um, was an abomination. We, we Also, we talked about how we should not put someone else above ourselves, that we really should put others before us. And this week, we're going to be looking at the lying tongue. And I want you guys to begin to think as I'm going through this, why do we lie? Why do we lie? And we do it for, and I have a couple of ideas and reasons I want you to tell me or uh, think about it and tell me if you agree with it. So what is this about the lying tongue? Why is this so bad? Well, we know that the Bible says that that the enemy is the father of lies. He is the father of lies. But God hates deceit and those who speak lies, whom the Bible says God abhors and will destroy. Those who lie break the ninth commandment, we know that, and are in direct defiance and contradiction to God's own nature because he himself is truth. So that so they demonstrate that Satan, not God, is their father. He who is the father of lies, those who lie stretch the truth or equivocate with the intention of deceiving others, all fit in this category. The Bible warns that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Again, just a quick reminder of why I'm doing this series is because I never want, and this includes myself as well, we should never 
get to a place where we think that we've arrived because we have not arrived. We all have moments of frailty. Now, those of us who are Christians, who have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, it is not our desire, our plan to wake up in any day to practice sin, to practice sin. Some folks wake up and they, that's what they do. They lie. They, they do all these things that are not like God. They're haughty. They're uh, many different things. God is not like that. And this is just a reminder that we can go to God and say, God, I thank you. God, I really thank you and praise you and honor you that you have loved me enough to, to allow me to accept you as a personal savior and look at what you have delivered me from. That's what this is for. It is to really encourage you, hopefully, to really acknowledge who you are in light of who God is. We never compare ourselves to another because that is unwise for several reasons. You don't know what God is doing in their life. You don't know what they know, what they've been exposed to. So to compare yourself to someone like that is really of our Christianity, the mark of who we should be like is Christ. Christ does not lie. Christ is not Christ. Remember, he subjected himself to all of the beatings and the scourgings and the um, lying on and deceptions of the Sadducees, Pharisees, and the, those of that day so that you and I could live and reign eternally with him, but more importantly, so that, so that we would not have to live in bondage to Christ. But that lying tongue, it says, he who lies, the Bible abhors. So that's, he abhors all things, all sin, and break the ninth commandment, and are in direct defiance and contradiction to God's own nature. So what is God's nature? If you love, then would you lie? If you, if God is a God of peace, then would you lie? If God is truly faithful, then would we lie? You see, if we love God, we're not going to lie. We're going to trust God. See, I believe that when we lie, we lie out of fear and we lie out of trust or lack of trust in the word of God because we don't know God in that area or we haven't read his word enough or believed or made a decision to believe his word. Because when we don't see things happening in our time as fast as we want to see them, then we want to take things in our own hands. I have been guilty of that this last few weeks because my husband and I are making some decisions. And not that I lied, but I just moved forward. I wanted to get it done. I wanted to make it happen. How many of us, don't want to be embarrassed. Somebody asks you, oh, we ask our children, did you put those sheets in the dryer? They say yes, knowing that they didn't. So then they run down and do it at the last minute. Our husband or our wife asks us that we do something. We don't want to be embarrassed. A teacher, a coworker, and we'll stretch the truth or we'll lie a little bit about it because we don't want to be embarrassed or out of fear of what will happen to us if they know the truth out of fear of rejection, if I really tell you the truth to that question, you'll deny me. How about our taxes? We lie because, remember, the Bible does say give to Caesar what is Caesar. The Bible does say we have to follow the laws of the land as, as long as they don't um, uh, cause us to act outside of the nature of who God is. So with that being said, um, we lie on our taxes. 
well, you know, the rich man, you know, he got to get over, so I got to get over too. Or we make excuses for why we lie. But even in those excuses, we are not trusting God. We are not relying on everything of who God is. And we become like Satan. We become and we take on that characteristic because lying is a characteristic of the enemy. And we know that that is not. It's not proper. It's not what God would want for us. When we lie, we end up talking about things that are false. We render false information. We we render something a false character because now we're not being truthful. We're not telling people or letting the truth out for who we are. We are not owning up to that fault, that situation, that um, that thing that happened in our life. We did not own up to that. So we don't want to operate in that place because, you know, I mentioned that it rendered, it's a false act. And that's not operating in the character of God. Because remember, when we're doing that now, we put ourselves in a position of lying. So now we have to, we've kind of put God at bay. And we've said to him, you know what, God, I uh, really don't believe that you're going to handle this situation. Therefore, I'm going to handle it in my own right, and I'm going to tell this little lie because I need to know that thing. So now what you've done is gone back over to the, the, the first one of the haughty eye, and now you've operated in pride because now you're putting yourself above the situation and above God. what, what God wants to do. You're not trusting God. And that may sound harsh, but remember this. Anytime we deviate from what the word of God says and even what it says here to God's own nature. When we lie, when we cheat, when we stretch the truth to make ourselves look better, again, we're operating in pride. When we tell half a lie or anything, then what we're doing is saying, one, God, I don't trust you. And what you did on the cross is of no avail. It, had, it wasn't powerful enough. Why? Because I still have to lie to get things done. I can't really trust you, God. You're, you know what, God? Your word really isn't true. You're, you're not normal that you should have to repent. So, therefore, I have to lie. I have to do this. But more importantly, you now open yourself up to the, um, to the uh, access of the enemy. So, think of it this way. Now, some people agree with this. Some people don't. You take it the way you feel God is ministering it to you. But when we go to uh, the book of Job and we look at Job, um, the Bible says that the, the Satan was walking around and God was talking to him. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? We Some people don't believe that God allowed it or that did it, but at the end of the day, when we read the scriptures, God said, have you considered my servant Job? And Job went through all these trials, and it brought out who he really was. It brought out um, uh, uh, the fact that he was a righteous man. And he even began to see himself, even though he was listed as the most righteous man that had ever lived at that time, he then saw areas, or God began to show him areas. You're still not all that. You may be the most righteous now, but let me show you what's still in you. 
But then if we look at the, uh, I think it's the Song of Solomon or the book of Ecclesiastes, we talk about the small fox that spoiled the vine. Well, anytime that we lie, we open ourselves up to the enemy. So now, you know, God, the, the enemy can go to God. You know, he's the, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to go to God and say, see, look at, you know, Damarie. She just lied. Therefore, now I have legal right and access to her because she lied. She opened the door for me to come in because there's always a consequence. Lying is a, it's a spirit and it's a consequence. Whereas instead of trusting God and believing what God said, and who God said that we should be, then we want to then take on the character of the enemy. And what does that do? How many of you have lied? I know I've done it. And I've had a situation. It makes it easier the next time to do it. It makes it that much easier the next time to open up my mouth and tell a lie. I have to then exercise my will to operate in faith, operate in and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to operate according to what the word and the will of God said for my life. So again, lying and being haughty really can, any action that we do can be considered operating in a place of pride, operating in a place where we're putting ourselves above what God wants in our lives that will allow us to to do things that are not like God. So let's look up a few scriptures that talk about lying. I want to go right now to John chapter 8, verse 44. John chapter 8, verse 44. As always, I will be reading from the, I shouldn't say always, because you guys know that I like to change it up a little bit. I'll be reading from the Amplified Version today. John chapter 8, Verse 44, we're just going to look at what the word of God said about lie, what picture. And here we're looking at the noun form of the word, the noun form of the word, because it's different than um, uh, the uh, adjective portion, as in it dictates who a person is, whereas the noun is a noun, person, place, or thing. So we're looking at verse 44 in chapter 8. So I got it here. Uh, so I'm going to read a few scriptures above that, starting at verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me and respect me and welcome me gladly. For I preceded, came forth from God out of his weary presence. I did not even come on my own authority or of my own accord as self-appointed, but sent. But he sent me. Why do you misunderstand? It's because you are unable to hear what I am saying. You cannot bear to listen to my message. Your ears are shut to my teaching. You are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires which are characterized of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not Stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. For he is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. So we see how God, how Jesus responded to someone who lies. 
not only say that um, in the latter part of that verse, I, mean, I want to read that again. Uh, let's see here. Not only did he say that he, uh, for he is a father, he is a liar himself and the father of lies and all that is false, all that is false. So we're taking on that character. So anything that is false, that is, a, that is not of God. But look at what he says. For you, you are of your father, the devil, and you, and and it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. You know, lying is a characteristic of the enemy. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. So you can't tell the truth in one phrase, in one segment, and be a liar in the other. We don't want to get into a place where we practice that. So it may be an adjective for most of us who are Christians or who are really working hard to practice the things of God. It would be more like an adjective. It's it's something that we did. It's not who we are. And we know some folks that just lie all the time. It is certainly who they are. Um, But we don't want that. We don't want it to be either. So we want to learn to operate in trust, operate in faith, operate in faith in God's word. So when we don't tell the truth, again, we're operating out of our flesh. We're, we're not operating in um, trusting God. We're operating in a place of fear, and we're not operating in a place of faith. Because faith is going to cause us to have faith in the word of God. It's going to have faith to say, you know what, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. It's going to allow us to take ownership of what we did or didn't do, suffer, take our consequence, but then we're not going to be in a place of lying because we're going to be in a place of integrity because now we operate it in truth. We operate it according to the word and will of God. We owned it. But here's the thing. We, we grow in that area. Because once we've made a decision, I'm not going to lie. I don't care how small it is. I'm not going to do that. That's how we now grow in grace because now we're taking on what Christ did. I'm making a decision not to lie because I'm not a liar. It's not my character. It's not what I do. You see, that's how we learn to walk in these things. One step, one situation at a time. It's not to beat anybody up, but we understand that to do the latter is to be like the father of the devil to do the other is to be like Christ, making a decision to operate in the character of God. Let's look at a couple of others here real quickly. Um, I want to go to, um, let's go to Romans chapter three, verse four, Romans chapter three, verse four. Many of you know, I love the book of Romans. I think that it's the is one of my most favorite books. I know a lot of folks talk about the Roman road or they, they read John, but I like Romans because it really breaks down who God is and what he came to do for us. So we're looking at Romans chapter three, verse four. Let's see. Romans three, verse four. Okay, here we go. We're going to read a little bit above that. Let's look at uh, verse one in chapter three. Then what advantage remains to the Jew? How is he favored? Or what is the value of benefit of circumcision? Much in every way, to begin with, to the Jews, were entrusted the oracles, the brief communications, the intentions, the utterances of God. 
What if some did not believe and were not and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God to his word? And Paul says, by no means. Let God be found true through every human being is false and a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified and shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful man. You see, so let's read that again. By no means let God be found true through every human, though every human being is false and a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified and shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful man. We always want to be found in truth. We never want to be found operating in a place of lying because God is truth. And we want that truth of God to be found in us. He goes on to say in verse five, but if our unrighteousness thus establishes and exhibits the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unjust and wrong to inflict his wrath upon us Jews. I speak in a purely human way. And again, Paul says, by no means. Otherwise, how could God judge the world? In other words, God is always our point of truth. We always start with him. We always rely on him and not on our sinful nature. And we want at all times the truth of God to be found in us. I was watching the news the other day and the young lady who would not give marriage licenses to the gay couple and she ended up going to jail. All of a sudden they were like, well, how can she deny this gay couple? Because and she's been married four times. That tells us right there that the world does not understand forgiveness. They don't understand. I say I use that example because the world will always find a way to find something in you that they can bring against you. So if we operate in truth, even if the lie is small, let's not be in the habit of doing it. Let's be in the habit of operating in truth so that we can be free to do all that God has called us to do. Like I chose this song that aired that goes on as my intro because we are to be free. God wants us to be free. He wants us to be great. He wants us to be powerful. And we cannot be those things if we are operating in a place of lying, in a place of pride. We want to be in a place where we humble ourselves before God. We submit all of who we are before God, our goodness, our greatness, our imperfections, our uh, injustices, our hurts, our pain. We want to lay those things down before the Father, saying, God, I trust you to handle it. I trust you to deal with it. I trust you to make a way. I messed up, God. I should have put the laundry in. I should have gone here. I should have done that. I didn't do it. Let me own up to what I did. Let me now operate in a reg- in a place of integrity and authority. Let me do that instead of lying to cover myself, which again is operating in pride because I don't want anybody to know that I made a mistake or whatever. We want to operate with the heart of God. We don't want to be in a situation where somebody can pull out 
stuff on us unnecessarily. And at least if they do pull it out, it'll be when we were in an unregenerated state, in a state where we weren't following God, submitting to God, loving God, obeying God. There should be a line of demarcation of when we uh, shifted over into living this life of Christ, and people should begin to know the difference when they see that. If you don't know Christ today, this is not to beat you up, but this is to help you to know that our line of demarcation of knowing what we or our line of standardization, what the standard is, it is Christ. It is not your neighbor. It is not the pastor. It is Christ. We are responsible for submitting and obeying to God. So if you don't know Christ today as your personal Savior, I encourage you today, accept him as your personal Savior. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to be the Savior and ruler of your heart and submit everything to him. This is a process. We don't all get it right away. And even when we think that we do, something will come up to remind us that we don't. So I encourage you to seek the faith of the Father for your life. Study out what it means to be a liar and how you don't want to do that. Study out what it means to trust God. And guess what? I'll see you guys next week on our first show of October. It's going to be great. See you guys on Tuesday. Love you. Mountains, I can be free just in me.